I'm going to start this episode off a lot different than usual. I'm going to talk about a few things that you can tell you're getting old when you're doing them. And I'm speaking from personal experience because this is happening to me right now. So this is going to be the start of Edge of Your Seed Podcast, episode 46. Thanks for joining us. There's always a lot of sports talk and there's crazy amounts of local postseason talk in this one. So we will get to that right after I talk about getting old. I don't know if it's getting old or adulting just to the next level or realizing more important things in life than things that you thought were important when you were younger. Let's face it, you're in high school, you're probably partying when you shouldn't be, you get to college, you continue partying depending on where you go to college or you stay in your hometown and just work and then you have money because you're living at your parents' house or you're in a three-bedroom apartment with seven of your friends all living in the same house. Expenses are cheap, so you're spending all your money on alcoholic beverages and party favors and you know things like that. Those things are more important to you when you're younger. So your house is hopefully not nasty dirty, but not probably well kept. Your car is junky or you know, a, a beater, spend a little bit of money just to get your A to B. Your gas tank is usually under a fourth of a tank, probably close to E. You ride that E light until you know you're not going to make it anymore. You don't want to be found on the road with no gas. Like that's life. That's life how most younger people, you know, some have silver spoons. Some are, you know, more aware of their situations and better prepared or want to do different things than that kind of life. College is crazy, you go through those things, and then you have kids, or you know, you're trying to find a job, and you're working up the ranks, and you're working 10, 12, 14, however many hours a day, so your place probably still isn't well kept, and you're putting money into school loans, or hopefully school loans, hopefully you're paying them, at least a little bit. Or then you got other things going on where your money is still not going into stuff like your well-being, your health care, or your house, you know, whether it's improvements or having food in the refrigerator or curtains or drapes on the windows or a bathroom where your mom will walk in and be like, oh, this is cute. Instead, it's like, hey, there's a urinal and a sink in here and a shower and this is what we use. Or your place is just somewhere for you to shower and sleep and that's it and it looks like it. Well, I know I am getting older because I've been working on both of these things a lot. So moved into a new apartment two weeks ago. The studio for Edge of Your Seat Podcast is actually a full room now instead of the corner of a living room. It looks pretty cool. I will put photos up when I feel it's finished or close to. Looks pretty cool right now. I don't like putting together a house for the first time ever. Like I said, I came, I slept, I ate, not in that order. I showered, let's say that again. I ate, shower, slept. Or I ate, slept, and then showered in the morning before I left. Yeah, that, that makes more sense. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I did. And I really didn't care what was in it. I didn't really care what it looked like. I'm not a messy guy, never been messy, but I really didn't put the money or time or effort into making a building a home. And now I get this place and that's all I'm worried about. 
I have been internet shopping for furniture and things to go on the wall and a new bed spread and comforter and sheets and bedspread and comforter are the same thing and sheets and like a bed set and as soon as I got the apartment two weeks later I went and spent tons of money on things for the kitchen I actually have pots and pans and a cutting board and all this other stuff before I would either you know get plastic stuff or the you know things that you could use once and throw them away you know you put a turkey in the big gray tray and you throw the tray away <laughs> stuff like that I actually have dishes I actually have something resemblance of a home instead of a house. So that's pretty cool. And once it gets done, I will put photos everywhere. I got some crazy ideas who I've shared them with. They're like, man, that's going to look awesome. It's like I got a little man cave going on. But it's going to be a whole apartment man cave. It's going to be cool. It might take me a little bit because some of the things I want are pricey. And you know you got to work for those. But it'll be fun. So I know I'm getting older because I want to come to a home, to somewhere that's comfortable instead of somewhere where you just sleep, shower, do what you gotta do and you leave. Like, that's it. Not really comfortable, you know, like, hey, let's just go chill and sit down and watch a movie and, you know, everything's cool looking and, no, it's never really been like that. Well, I'm making it that way. Second, I made sure I scheduled an eye appointment. Haven't been to the doctor to get new glasses or anything in over two years. It was December of 16, my eye doctor was sure to tell me that. Brandon, you have to get in here. I don't know if you guys know this, but I got into a car accident when I was 18. So this would have been 2003. And I did some damage. I have plates in my face. I had metal in my ankle. I tore tear ducts. I knocked out teeth. I put teeth through my bottom lip. I did a lot of damage to the wonderful face that I once had. Although I don't have an awful face now. <laughs> but, I mean, those doctors <laughs> worked miracles, no doubt. I am lucky to be alive, lucky to be here. I spent a long time in the hospital, long time paying hospital bills, long time going through the struggle of trying to be normal after almost killing myself. Not trying to kill myself, it wasn't like suicide or nothing, but I was the driver, I made a mistake, and, you know, paid for it. My fault, and I've lived with it. And, you know, I think I've done pretty well, you know, afterwards. Yeah, like I said, my face ain't too bad. <laughs> Another thing I did was knocked my right eye kind of stupid. So I look normal. I can see you. Everybody can see me. But I sometimes have a lazy eye. And sometimes I get tracers. Sometimes it's hard to see out of. For like a driving test, if you put your face into the eye test, you know, where... You look at the letters and then it's got the red beeping light on the side. When I put my face into that machine, I have to close my right eye. I have to close it so I can see everything with my left eye. If I have both eyes open, I see nothing from the right side. If you took your nose as the medium, anything from my nose to the right side of my face, I cannot see anything. Like the letters on that test, gone. It's just a white blank space. I remember probably about two tests ago, I'm looking at the letters and there's, I think three in each side, right? There's like three sections. I said three letters, said three letters, and then I stopped. And the lady's like, hey, you got three more. I didn't see them. I'm like, what? Well, when I said what, like I squinted an eye a little bit, my left eye, no, it was my right eye. I squinted my right eye a little bit and I could see them out of my left eye. That was scary. Very scary. I'm like, 
oh my gosh, I cannot see in like tunnel vision. I, I can't do it at all. The red dots, I have to back my face out almost where, you know, I can look over the machine just to see the lights. And that's because of this car accident. So stigmatism in the eye, and I was really, really scared that I was going to go blind. I am not, thank God. They said it's pretty strong for what has happened. And, you know, as long as I keep taking care of my eyes, getting my glasses changed every year, year and a half, because I'm not going to lie, I'm like an every five-year guy, every three-year guy. But not anymore. I can't be. You know, I got an adult. I got to make sure I can preserve this life, these eyes, this Iron Man body that I have as long as I can. So that was the telltale sign that, man, you are getting older. <laughs> Hopefully people learn a little younger than I'm learning, but these things are important. It's cool to have a home, something that you can call your own, something that you put your work, sweat, tears, everything that makes you tougher, stronger, better. You walk in your house and like, hey, I did this. It's a great feeling and I, and I love it. Not that I'm not saying I don't want to live with people or, you know, anything like that. Not saying that. But to be able to see what your hard work and, you know, things you're doing are leading to and happiness and being comfortable in your own home, that's awesome. And being able to see why you're doing it, even better. That's enough of the life story. I shared a lot there. Hopefully you guys will think different of me. I am a human being. I've made mistakes along the way. Learned from them as the best that I can and kept moving. And now we're doing our Junior Seat Podcast. And thank you again for being here. Thank you to Brian Cavelli. Big shout out to my homie, my bro, for the intro and outro on this show. I love it. It's one of my favorite beats. Every time that I play one of my episodes to re-listen or even when I'm editing and I put it on there, I'll listen to it two or three times. Just sitting here nodding my head like, yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's awesome beat. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You can email us if you have any questions, concerns, suggestions, anything at edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, edgeofyourseatp, Facebook, edgeofyourseatpodcast. Don't know where you listen to this one, but if you want to share, want to tell other people about this cool podcast with chill conversations every episode with somebody new from a different form or fashion of the world, maybe not geographical location, might still be in Illinois or in the Midwest, maybe outside, but right now, usually Midwest, usually Illinois, somewhere around here, but different walks of life. Maybe not play the same sport, maybe not play a sport, maybe, you know, do other stuff. Who knows? That's why it's called Edge of Your Seat Podcast, because we are down to talk to whoever about whatever. We just like human beings and living this journey of life with each other and learning. I mean, I learn from everybody that gets on here. It's an amazing feeling, and I hope you guys are too. But anyway, if you're sharing with them, we are on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and Google Music. All of those outlets, please tune in and share with them. We are in the postseason. I've said it many times the last few shows. So let's kick off this show after the uh, life lesson from Brandon about getting old and trying to enjoy it. <laughs> we have results from Class 1A and 2A girls basketball postseason brackets. There were semifinals and quarterfinals, different places. 
we will start with the St. Bede Regional. It had two semifinals tonight. The host team, St. Bede, the number five seed, defeated number three Midland in an upset, 57-29. So not only did the Lady Bruins win, they won pretty handedly. 18-point win for them to get to the final, the St. Bede Regional title game on Thursday at 7 p.m. against number two Putnam County who defeated number seven Dwight 41-25 on Tuesday night. For Putnam County, they had four players score 36 of their 41 points. Sophia Harris, 10 points. Molly Boyd, 10 points. Avery Lamus, 8 points. Caitlin Chione, 8 points. That's awesome. <laughs> like, they shared the ball. Those four got their buckets in. They win the game. They are going to the title game against the Lady Bruins, 7 p.m. Thursday. Also, had Earlville, the number five seed at the Earlville Regional, won 64-6 against Islamic Foundation from Villa Park, which was the 11 seed. So Earlville is going to meet number three Serena at 7.30 Wednesday in a regional semifinal. Also in 1A happening tomorrow is the number one seeded Amboy Lady Clippers meet number eight Ashton Franklin Center at 6 p.m. in a semifinal of the Class 1A Amboy Regional. AFC got there by defeating number 10 Hiawatha on Monday, 55-30. On this very show, we have Amboy Junior, Gabby Jones, who talked everything Lady Clipper basketball and is super pumped to get this postseason going. They have a strong core. They are 28-1 and, and number two in the state in Class 1A. Amboy is pumped. Gabby Jones is pumped. Coach Mike McCracken, I haven't talked to him yet, but through Gabby, I know he's pumped. I'm excited to follow them to see how far they can go. Last year, they got to a super sectional. This year, who knows what they do. We will definitely be following them, and we're going to start with Gabby Jones in this very show. Also on this show is LaSalle Peru senior Cassidy Antle, who qualified for the United Township Girls Bowling Sectional this Saturday, February 15th. That kicks off at 9 a.m. Cassidy and Jim McCabe, the Lady Cavaliers coach, joined us for a few minutes to chat about the regional that she advanced out of and the sectional she advanced into. It's her senior year. She is trying to give it the best shot she can to try to advance the state, just like every other athlete. But once you get to your senior year, it's special then. It's something that you want to do more than anything in your life. That's all you want to do, especially in like bowling, because now it's individual. You know, the team aspect for LaSalle Peru is gone. It is Cassidy Antle and Isabella Weber who both advanced. So it's an individual game. Of course, cheer on your teammate. But there is no team score to worry about anymore. It is you, one-on-one, -on -one with the rest of the competition, with the rest of the field. So it's go time. It's go time. How do you want to end your senior campaign? If you want to try to be on top or as close as you can be with, to the best of your abilities, you're going hard. No doubt. And Cassidy sounds like she is going to put in 100% of everything she has. So after the rundown of the rest of these regionals, we will get to those two fantastic interviews. I will kick it off with Gabby 
and then go to Cassidy. In Class 2A girls basketball action, I have been running down the entire Class 2A Mendota sectional because I am very, very interested to see who is going to make it out of here. A lot of great teams, a lot of local programs and programs that are not necessarily local. But if you're in Illinois, you're well aware of them and they are in the surrounding area. So we'll go through the bracket, regional by regional. You got to know who's still surviving here. At the Rock Falls Regional, the semifinals are set up for Wednesday. It will be number one Rock Falls versus number nine West Carroll at six, followed by number four Winnebago versus number five Byron at 7.30. And the Geneseo Kingston Regional. In one semifinal, we have number two Rockford Lutheran versus number seven Aurora Rosary at 6 p.m. Wednesday, followed by number three Johnsburg clashing with number six Rockford Christian at 7.30. In quarterfinal action on Tuesday, Johnsburg defeated number 13 North Boone, 46-19. And Rockford Christian took out number 11 Richmond Burton, 53-46 to set up semifinal between Johnsburg and Rockford Christian. In the Wheaton Academy Regional, number 1 Marengo will meet number 8 Aurora Central Catholic at 6 p.m. Wednesday. ACC took out Elgin St. Edward on Tuesday, 55-48 in a quarterfinal to meet Marengo. In the other semifinal, it is number four, Woodstock Marion, against number 12, Samanak. Samanak with the upset over number five, Wheaton, 39-30. That was, of course, on Tuesday, which is today, by the way. Samanak taking on Wheaton. I'm going to say that again because you look at a number 12 seed, Knocking out a five, it is kind of like March Madness is already here in February. Crazy. So Simonac is going to meet Marion at 7.30 on Wednesday in the other semifinal. The Stillman Valley Regional, which I have kind of kept an eye out on closely because of the teams in there. Stillman Valley was the number two seed, defeated number seven Hall 43-34 on Tuesday. And number six Mendota fell to number three Riverdale. 39-31, Riverdale and Stillman Valley will meet for the Stillman Valley Regional Championship at 7 p.m. on Thursday. Great seasons from Mendota and Hall. Hall losing a couple of great senior athletes after graduation, including Hannah Hart, who was on the show, a pleasure to speak with, a great athlete, had tons and tons and tons of fun following her, covering her, talking to her. She's great. Also, Taya Katani, who was on the show talking about how she made a tough college decision, had a dream school, the Chicago Art Institute, and switched it to SIU Edwardsville, the little brother or sister of SIU Carbondale, go Salukis, so she could do something else besides her art degree. She is going to have degrees in both art and psychology. So... Congrats to her and Hannah for crazy awesome four years. I know you still got spring left, but basketball season is over. So congrats for everything that you did on the hardwood. Also on Wednesday is a Pontiac Regional Semifinal with number two Fieldcrest. They will meet number eight Pontiac at 6 p.m. Wednesday. Pontiac defeated number 10 Gibson City Melvin Sibley on Monday by a score of 41 to 25. So, still a lot of teams that I'm definitely following. 
that you should be following, paying attention to, still alive, going strong. And we already got two teams in a regional final, Putnam County and St. Bede. It's exciting. It's very, very exciting. I love it when it's two local teams meeting, clashing. They know each other. They play each other in other sports. It's a great environment, a great feeling. Man, I've already racked up 20 minutes in the intro. So I am going to go ahead, kick it over to my interviews. First, we got Gabby. Then we got Cassidy. Always awesome talks with them. It was very cool to get inside the mind of a Lady Clipper and a Lady Cavalier in two different sports, girls bowling and girls basketball. It's always fun. It was great talks. I will say something in between so you know there's going to be a break and the different interviews starting. We will be back very shortly. I have awesome interviews set up. A lot of them already recorded. It's going to be a great week. And then next week we'll have even more greatness. And the next week. And the next week. And the next week. And the next week. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Take care. Until next time. Peace. The basketball postseason is finally here. I say finally, the season always goes fast. You look at the schedule, it's three, four months, but then when it gets playing, all of a sudden, bam, it's postseason. But I love the postseason. I think it is one of the most exciting times in sports, especially in the high school ranks. And I am joined by somebody that is going to probably make a deep run. And I am, of course, talking to Amboy Jr., Gabby Jones. How's it going, Gabby? Good, how are you? I am doing well. I'm excited to talk to you. First, we have been trying to schedule a time for, I want to say, a couple weeks now, but we're both busy people. Because besides playing basketball for the Lady Clippers of Amboy, you do some other stuff too, like volleyball? Yep. Are you on a travel volleyball team? I am. Uh, we actually just won first this weekend in the gold bracket, so that was fun, but a long day. I bet. So you are like a crazy athlete, can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Enjoy it while you can, as long as you can. That's all I can tell you. I'm glad to have you on the show because I've been excited to talk to a Lady Clipper. You guys are 28-1 and one and ranked number two in the state. Just talk about that feeling and being able to be part of this team. Oh, it's amazing. When we kept moving up in the rankings, it was really exciting watching us win big games and going through each day knowing that we were ranked top four in the state. And just like getting better each day, it's fun watching everyone grow as athletes and people and how close you get with your team as the season moves forward. It's great. It's amazing. And talk about at school, I mean, or around Amboy. It has got to be cool. I'm not trying to talk anything down on Amboy, but it is a small town. And you get these spurts of, I guess it goes in cycles when you have good teams or good players. And if I remember right, it's been, you know, sometime since Amboy, except for the last few years, like the lady basketball team. So just talk about, you know, how it is around town and in school and being part of this team that gives Amboy, you know, pride because you guys are winning. Right. Um, at school, it's fun to hear, like, different students that really aren't into sports or there every game, like, show up and still talk about it and, like, come to more games as we get closer to postseason and just see the stand fill up in the community. It's great seeing people around town saying good luck in postseason or good luck on your next game. It's great. Small towns are fun to live in when you go somewhere and a sport or something or doing well in something because everyone is there with you all the way no matter win or lose they're always there for you and it's just like so fun seeing the stands fill up every night more and more as we get going here it's going to be fun 
when you're going around town, is it hard for you to go somewhere where somebody is not saying hi or, you know, good job or, you know, I've been watching the basketball team? Is it kind of hard to stay away from that now? Yes, it is, actually. Every once in a while, you'll see someone, like, stand there and have a full conversation with you or even every time you go somewhere, someone's always saying, good luck, good job. How are you guys doing? What's up this week? It's just fun knowing that other people are paying attention to you. And, like, even if they're not there physically, they're always there, like, listening to it on the radio or a mom goes live during it on Facebook and everyone's, like, commenting, go Clippers or, like, way to go. It's just amazing how small a community can be but has such a big impact. So, like I said, you are a junior and you are a starter for Amboy, correct? Yep. Just list the other four starters and talk about that group and how getting a good start for Amboy works well for the team. Abby Payne, she is also a junior, and so is Mallory Powers. And Ashley Althaus is a senior, and Kylie Donna is a senior. As a group, we're all well-rounded. Like, we all know each other's weaknesses and strengths. We know if someone's having a bad night, how to pick them up or, like, how to get them back going again if they missed a couple shots. It's fun playing with them. We used to play together in eighth grade when we didn't really have that many eighth graders out. We got pulled up to seventh grade basketball for eighth grade basketball as seventh graders. And it was just fun because right then you knew there was a little click between us. But now since we've been playing together for so long, our bond obviously has gotten stronger. And it's just fun knowing that, like, your team is always there to back you up. Like, no matter if you miss a shot, miss a rebound, or, like, get a dumb foul, they're always there to pick you up. And it's fun knowing that your team's there for you. We are really good at running the floor. We kind of run teams out of the gym. But that's fun because it's just layup after layup for us. And I think that's what really gets the intensity going or when we get a couple steals here and there. It's fun doing that, even though it's kind of sad destroying teams. But it's always fun to, like, get out there and do what we love. Last year, you guys made it to the super sectional, unfortunately lost. What was goals or what did you guys come into the season saying, hey, we can do this? beginning of the season we didn't really know how far this team could make it my sister was actually on the team last year it was fun playing with her because we are like different girls doing different things Mallory one of the starters got hurt last year so Mallory stepped up and was starting varsity and that kind of stuff not getting to play with her in the first off level but she did wonderful on the varsity level and really helped them out that team was pretty solid I think we grew because we scrimmaged them all the time in practice. We made them better while they were making us better. It was really fun. When we got to the sectional championship, it was really fun to experience something like that. And just like the crowd and everyone was still in it with us and everything. And when we won, it was an amazing feeling. But walking into the season, we didn't really know what this team could do. And they definitely made some ample history for us. It was fun. Everybody that I've talked to about your team or, you know, I've read a couple stories, all of you guys can score and you guys like to share the ball and it doesn't matter who's, who scores the ball, who puts the ball in the basket. Just talk about playing on a team like that and it seems like you guys just play free basketball just to win the game and the joy of it. Yeah, we do. Everyone shares the basketball. Even if you're having an off night, someone's always there to pick you up and give you a way to score, and then it just makes everything more fun. Everyone's doing their share, whether it's rebounding, getting good outlet, and getting a layup at the other end. Everything leads up to that, no matter if you were the one that scored or got the rebound or anything. We're all happy for each other. 
that's another thing that's great about this team is no one cares. Like, everyone's just there to get better and see how far we can go as a team and grow there as a family and a friend group. Like, it doesn't matter if we're in or out of school. We're always talking basketball or always having fun. If you were describing your game to somebody, what would you tell them is your strengths? Um, fast break definitely is our strength. Our weakness, we kind of rough on rebounding, but we get better. We've gotten better throughout the games that we've played in our coach. We do three-on-three box out every day at practice just to get us better and get going. But our rebounds leads to our fast break and good outlet and a layup at the other end of the course. So that's what we need to work on. We obviously are going to work on it to get our easy baskets to get the teams running the floor and get the game at our pace. What is your strength as a player? Probably running the floor. It's fun because Abby and Mallory are both good guards that give the ball to you whenever they can. Even if they have to make a risky pass, they'll make it. They don't care as long as you meet your pass and get a layup at the other end of the floor. So it's just run and gun for Amboy. Yes, it is. That is always a fun style of basketball to play and to watch, so I can understand your excitement. Kind of got some nerves going into postseason, but I think we'll be fine. Nerves are good for us. Have you guys seen AFC this season? Yeah, we played them twice, actually, and we've seen them both times. I know you guys only have two seniors, so you have a young core for the most part. Having a 28-1 record, being ranked number two in the state, has there been any issues of, you know, overconfidence or, you know, having big heads or thinking nobody could beat you? Has there been anything like that? Um, no, not really. We usually go into games knowing most of what each team's strengths and weaknesses are and what we have to do to win, and we're proud of where we are, which we should be because we deserve it, but no one really is, like, crazy or like over the top with it we just keep our cool and know that we have to take each game at a time because anything can go wrong at any moment well said well said because i have seen many 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 teams that have the talent can you know get as far as they want to but then get overconfident and think they're going to blow everybody out, and then all of a sudden the wheels fall off. So for you guys to have that mindset, that is a very, very good thing heading into the postseason. Yes, it is fun, and everyone knows that we just have to take each game one at a time, and if we do what we need to do, we'll be in the place that we want to be. Guessing that is holding a state championship at the end of the state tournament. Yes, that is our goal. (laughs) That's a pretty good goal to have. Talk about playing with Coach Mike McCracken. Uh, He's been with Amboy for quite a few years and, you know, has obviously led the program to some success. Yes, he knows a lot about basketball. He sits there and watches hours and hours of film for us and comes to practice with a full scouting report, knowing everything about every team. He's really good. He does good drills for us, working on defense when we're struggling with it. Rebounding, obviously, is a big pet peeve if we're not hitting the boards really well. He definitely knows the sport and knows what we need to do to get where we want to be and how we have to be each team. He never has any let-up. He knows what we're capable of and keeps pushing us harder and harder every day. And as a player, do you like that sort of thing? Some players want their coach to take it easy and be like a player coach and be friendly. And then some players like disciplinarians or to be pushed on the court. Are you one of those players that like to get pushed and try to get the best out of your game? Yes, I do. I think that's a big aspect of any sport. I mean, you want a coach that pushes you and wants the best for you because if you didn't have a coach like that, then there'd be no use in you playing it. 
he has fun and sometimes he is serious. You want a coach to be serious when times need to be serious and then fun when you can have fun. He's really good at doing that. I mean, it's fun having him as a coach, but obviously some days we need to work harder than we do other days and we get that done if that's what he wants us to do. Heading into the postseason, regionals this week, is there any teams, you know, whether you've seen them last year in the run that you made or maybe this year early on, any teams that you're looking at like, hey, if we can beat them, you know, we might be able to get to state or like, hey, if they come across us, we beat them, you know, we're, we're looking good for a long playoff run. Any teams like that? Um, yeah, Eastland, we should see them in a sectional championship game, so that'll be scary because... Both games that we've played with them, we won by a basket the first time and seven points the last time. But I think we're capable of anything, so we'll just have to come out and play our game and know what we can do and what we need to do to stop them. I mean, whoever works hard is going to win, and I think we're capable of doing what we have been doing to get all these wins. So hopefully we can get them one more time. And I know Coach McCracken has told you this. Beating a team three times in the season is very, very difficult. Yes, it is. Has he spread that to you guys and preached about it? Like, hey, if we run into them, we have to play our A game. Yes, he has. He has a lot of confidence in us in this regional. So hopefully by the time we get to sectionals, our confidence is up there. And we just go in there and listen to what he has to say and get the job done. He said it a few times, but he's not really worried about it. He's worried about getting regionals done here first. So not only were you guys playing one game at a time during the regular season, it is going to be the exact same way in the postseason. Yes, we're hoping. Not overlooking anybody. Nope. And I know we talked about, you know, you're busy, you're a crazy athlete that can do just about everything. How has it been playing, you know, travel volleyball and basketball at the same time? Um, it's crazy. It was crazy when I was playing volleyball. Now I'm taking a break from volleyball just in case I got hurt or something to save up for basketball. But it was crazy. Late night practices on Wednesday nights was like, I'd go to basketball and then volleyball would be 8 to 9.30 and get home at 10 and then get up Thursday and do it all again. Throughout my career as a journalist, I have seen many players, you know, play a season or two of basketball and then quit the high school basketball team to play travel volleyball. Why have you decided to play both instead of taking a break from one of them? Well, coming from a small town, I feel that is, if you started out playing a sport, you should never just quit a sport because you enjoy another one. You have time to do both, or if you make time to do both, or if you don't, then I would stick to a school sport because you're only in high school one time and it sucks to miss that opportunity. Not be getting closer with your friends or doing something that you love just to go and do another sport. Still play when you're out of high school. True story. What other sports do you play for Amboy besides volleyball and basketball? I play softball. So you are a three-sport athlete? Yes. Next on your list of things to do, or are you going to take over the world? <laughs> no. <laughs> While in school, what is your favorite subject? I enjoy math. I think it's interesting. It's fun to learn. And honestly, I don't even think I could do your math. I am so old that math was <laughs> way different when I was in school. <laughs> I just had to throw a, a wrench in the conversation because we were talking so much sports. I'm like, eh, wonder what she likes in school. Besides Amboy's court throughout this season, where is somewhere else that you like to play? 
it was fun playing at Eastland because their gym is big and the stands kind of filled up quickly when we were playing them and it was just a good atmosphere. And they have a pretty big size court. And it was a nice, it's a nice gym. What I like about Amboy, the, I guess you could call it lobby or like the entrance way before you get into the gym. It's got that little waterfall. It's like you're outside at a garden. Yeah, it is very pretty. I remember uh, I actually played for Mendota. I'm not going to tell you when I graduated. It was a long time ago. <laughs> but Amboy was actually one of my favorite places to play, and I don't even think it had to do anything with the gym. It was just a cool scenery in the background. When you walk in, you're like, hey, this is pretty cool. Yeah, very comforting. Definitely. That's a good word for it, comforting. Gabby, it has been a pleasure talking about the Lady Clippers, the Amboy girls basketball team, 28-1, ranked number two in the state, start their regional play on Wednesday in their own hosting the Class 1A Amboy Regional. I would like to say best of luck, Gabby, but I don't believe in luck, really. I know you guys have the talent. Obviously, the record is there. Obviously, you guys have been playing together for a while. Great coach. If you guys can execute, I have a feeling you guys are going to go on a long playoff run. Thank you so much. See, I told you, that interview with Gabby Jones was fantastic. Great chat. Man, she's dedicated. She's focused on not just basketball, but many sports. Like I said, she's going to take over the world. I think that's what's going to happen. One thing I did not mention or we did not talk about when we chatted was Amboy's one loss. The one loss on Amboy's record is to Rock Falls, which is in Class 2A playoffs. But I think they're a borderline 2A, 3A team. They've been 3A before. They're now 2A, still a class above Amboy. And that loss came January 9th. And it was 45 to 42. Playing a program with more kids than they have and only lose by three points. This Amboy team is the real deal. You get a chance to go see a playoff game since that's all we have left now. I would recommend that you go see an Amboy game. Definitely a crazy awesome team. Now it is time to get to Cassidy Antle, senior from the LP girls bowling team. She is off to the United Township sectional, which is this Saturday, February 15th at 9 a.m. She advanced out of the Joliet Central Regional with a score of a 1147, that's 1147. Her teammate, sophomore Isabella Weber, who was on two or three shows ago on the podcast, she also advanced with a 1088, an LP Finished seventh at that regional with a 5,014. Let's see what kind of damage those Lady Cavs, Cassidy and Isabella, can do at the sectional as they try to get to state. Why have me sit here and jabber jaw when Cassidy can tell you herself? So this past weekend, the area had a lot of girls bowlers, boys wrestlers advance out of regionals, including LaSalle Peru senior Cassidy Antle. She bowled in the Juliet Central Regional and bowled a 1,147 to make it to the sectional. Thank you for joining us, Cassidy. Oh, yeah, no problem. Just talk about that feeling. You get to regional. It's your senior year, your last hurrah at the prep stage. And you made it to sectional. Just talk about that feeling. Feels pretty good. I kind of worked my butt off this year. I mean, in the beginning, 
I thought I was doing pretty good. And then when it came to conference, I mean, I did amazing. And at regionals, I like felt like I didn't do enough. And when I got in second for individually, it was a really good feeling. So you finished second out of the individual placers, not on an advancing team. So just kind of elaborate on that. I mean, to bowl better than, or I guess finish better than you thought you would, that had to be a good feeling as well. Yeah, that felt really good. Awesome. Did you yell in, you know, a celebratory moment or what did you do after you found out you made it? Well, the guy who was announcing it kind of made it sound like he was going from 10th place to 1st. So I thought I got ninth, and I was kind of, like, upset because I really wanted uh, Isabel Weber, our sophomore, to come with us. And then when he got to the last, he said her name, and that's when everyone just started, you know, cheering. Expand on that. You're not going to sectional by yourself. Isabella Weber bowled a 1,088 to get into the United Township sectional, which is in East Moline, and this will be played this Saturday, February 15th. Just talk about that feeling, not being the only lady cab there. You have a buddy to come with you. It feels really good. I mean, we've been playing this, and we're really working hard to go to state together. I mean, it's a great feeling. We've grown up together. Like, she lives down the street from me. We've known each other since we were, like, little. So you guys have put in countless hours at the bowling alley together, huh? Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. So just talk about that. I mean, it's your senior year. You are advancing to sectional with, you know, your eyes set on state. You're one tournament away. Just kind of elaborate on that feeling, what it means to you to get to this level and to try to get to state. It feels pretty good. I mean, I'm hoping I bowled just as good as I did at conference to be able to get those scores to help me advance to state. Because I did really good that day. And I felt like at regionals, I could have done a little bit better. But I'm going to save that for sectionals. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. You know, you just, you knew you could get through. So, hey, just, I'll bring my A game for sectionals. <laughs> that works perfectly. You know, the competition at Juliet Central Regional, I mean, you had St. Bede, Ottawa Hall, you know, teams that you're kind of familiar with. Going into, you know, United Township sectional might not be as much competition that you're used to or, or bold against. What is your thoughts going into, you know, different level of competition? I've done it before. I've gone to sectionals two times already. I went my sophomore year, and I went as a team for my junior year. But it is a lot of competition up there. I mean, these girls have probably been doing this since they were little, and I just started when I was in eighth grade. Just talk about that. I mean, your third time at sectional, what is going through your mind or going through, I guess, your practices? Like, hey, I need to polish this up. I need to, you know, make this better for me to try to get to state. During practice, me and Isabel, we are mostly just focusing on, you know, when we get there to relax, don't get nervous or anything. Don't even worry about just your score in the end. Just worry about what you need to do to be able to get there. And so mostly that's what we do. We work on first our mindset and then our ability. Awesome. And you mentioned it before, you know, you've you've been here before, you've experienced a different level of competition, you know, maybe the next step up. So going through the last two years... How has that, you know, made you, you know, ready for this? Is it just the experience-wise or, you know, gave you pointers on what you should do for your game to get to this level? So I've been working pretty hard, and I mean, my scores from the last couple of years have been, like, they've been good, but this year I feel like I really have a good chance because out of nowhere in the past couple of weeks and over a month, my scores have skyrocketed. I've done amazing this year, and I really do have good confidence that I can make it. And I'm sure you have the whole Lady Cavaliers team and the LP fan base behind you. Oh, yes. Yeah, they are. LP always travels pretty well, even for bowling tournaments. You guys always travel well. You have fan support. Yeah, we all try to support as much as we can. 
for others to, you know, get better. You said you're, the last month your scores have improved. What do you think it was from the beginning of the season to the end of the season that kind of made you kick into another gear? I was kind of worried about just trying to make myself like look good throwing. I'd stand all the way out and try to throw it into this big hook. And then I finally moved myself to a certain place, and then I just, every time I throw, like, I just end up getting a strike. And it's crazy. I've been so close to a 300 multiple times now. Have you had a 300 before? No, I haven't. But I actually, at conference, got a new high score. I was a 279. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. If you take seven games that I bowl, I might get 279. You have to add them all together. I might get that. (laughs) (laughs) Coach, you still there? Yep, I'm still here. I know you told me last time, but what is Cassidy's kind of season average and high game? Well, she said her high game, but high series. Her high series was about 1,100 prior to this conference tournament. So uh, rest of that by a long way at the conference tournament. Rest of that again over the weekend. So um, I guess he's got, I guess he's made lots of improvements this year. Moving around the lane is trying to find that spot that's going to work well for her. To, for her game to, to excel to its, its maximum. So that's something I, I see in Cassie is the mature, maturity has grown throughout the years since I've had her in eighth grade. Um, and she's figured out that, you know, moving around, finding that spot, working hard, staying focused on her, on her the frame that hand, not focused on her head. And she's had that pay off really well for her. Awesome. And which one did you say was her high at conference or regionals? Conference? Right now, her high series is her conference score. Okay, do you, do you know what that was? It was a 1385. There you go. Perfect. Good job, Cassidy. That's awesome. All right, Coach, talk about getting Cassidy and Isabella into the sectional. That had to be a good feeling for you as a coach. It was. It was a good feeling, you know, as it went through the day. Uh, I realized the team was, you know, they, they worked really hard against a lot of good, a lot of good teams. Uh, we were just falling a little bit short of our, our competition. But then so we got really got focused on KFC and Isabella. And they were both working hard all day long. As they got to the end of the, end of the day, we just kept trying to promote and push them. Promote, you know, we can't we can't bowl for them. they got to do the bowl right. But um, she did support them and give them suggestions and ideas of, of things You can't just be all serious all the time, you know? During intermissions, you know, I, I kind of ask bowlers, you got first you bowl three games, then you get a break, and then you bowl three more. During that intermission, what are you doing to, I guess, kind of get you ready for the next three and to kind of relax a little bit? What are you doing as a bowler? Oh, I kind of just stay off my phone, try not, like, fill myself up, talk with everyone, get everyone all cheery and happy. Awesome. You got to get a snack, right? Yeah. You got to get something in. <laughs> what kind of snacks are you eating during the intermission? Well, we kind of get provided food, so it's normally just like a sandwich or something. Gotcha. That is true. They always bring in stuff or, you know, the house has food itself. Mm-hmm. 
throughout the season besides the Super Bowl in LaSalle? Where has been your favorite place to bowl? Well, I'd have to say in DeKalb, where I had my conference, since that was where I did my best. Um, I kind of like where the lanes are a little bit dry. It's easier for me to pull my ball as, like, not as much as I need to when it's really oily. All right, so do you think the, the patterns and the oil helped you there? Yeah, it really did. I can't remember the name. Is that Don Carter or Marty Gras? Marty Gras. Okay. I knew it was one of them. Don Carter's in Rockford. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Marty Gras lanes in DeKalb. I actually went to elementary school for a couple years in DeKalb, and I was at that bowling alley all the time. Mm-hmm. They used to have... Yeah, it's a really nice place. Definitely. They used to have the coolest arcade, too, as a little kid. And you know I'm kind of old, so there's still arcades. But the one at that bowling alley was awesome. So do they still have that there? Uh, no, they don't. Uh, I wish you younger people could experience arcades. They were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cassidy, congratulations on getting to sectional. I know you got the skill level and the talents to get to state. I just hope the... Oil patterns work in your favor and you're able to get there. Thank you so much.